Holes by Lewis Sacker, Chapter 26 There were no telephones, but word spread quickly through the small town. By the end of the day, everyone in Green Lake had heard that the schoolteacher had kissed the onion picker. Not one child showed up for school the next morning. Miss Catherine sat alone in the classroom and wondered if she'd lost track of the day of the week. Perhaps it was Saturday. It wouldn't have surprised her. Her brain and heart had been spinning ever since Sam kissed her. She heard a noise outside the door. Then suddenly a mob of men and women came storming into the school building. They were led by Trout Walker. There she is, Trout shouted. The devil woman. The mob was turning over desks and ripping down bulletin boards. She's been poisoning your children's brains with books, Trout declared. They began piling all the books in the center of the room. Think about what you're doing, cried Miss Catherine. Someone made a grab for her, tearing her dress, but she managed to get out of the building. She ran to the sheriff's office. The sheriff had his feet up on his desk and was drinking from a bottle of whiskey. Morning, Miss Catherine, he said. They're destroying the schoolhouse, she said, gasping for breath. They'll burn it to the ground if someone doesn't stop them. Just calm your pretty self down a second, the sheriff said in a slow drawl. And tell me what you're talking about. He got up from his desk and walked over to her. Trout Walker has. Now don't go saying nothing bad about Charles Walker, said the sheriff. We don't have much time, urged Catherine. You've got to stop them. You're sure pretty, said the sheriff. Miss Catherine stared at him in horror. Kiss me, said the sheriff. She slapped him across the face. He laughed. You kissed the onion picker. Why won't you kiss me? She tried to slap him again, but he caught her by the hand. She tried to wriggle free. You're drunk, she cried. I always get drunk before a hanging. A hanging? Who? It's against the law for a Negro to kiss a white woman. Well, then you'll have to hang me too, said Catherine, because I kissed him back. It ain't against the law for you to kiss him, the sheriff explained, just for him to kiss you. We're all equal under the eyes of God, she declared. The sheriff laughed. Then, if Sam and I are equal, why won't you kiss me? He laughed again. I'll make you a deal. One sweet kiss, and I won't hang your boyfriend. I'll just run him out of town. Miss Catherine jerked her hand free. As she hurried to the door, she heard the sheriff say, The law will punish Sam, and God will punish you. She stepped back into the street and saw smoke rising from the schoolhouse. She ran down to the lakefront where Sam was hitching Mary Lou to the onion cart. Thank God I found you, she sighed hugging him. We've got to get out of here now. What? Someone must have seen us kissing yesterday, she said. They set fire to the schoolhouse. The sheriff said he's going to hang you. Sam hesitated for a moment, as if he couldn't quite believe it. He didn't want to believe it. Come on, Mary Lou. We have to leave Mary Lou behind, said Catherine. Sam stared at her a moment. There were tears in his eyes. Okay. Sam's boat was in the water, tied to a tree by a long rope. He untied it, and they waded through the water and climbed aboard. His powerful arms rowed them away from the shore, but his powerful arms were no match for Trout Walker's motorized boat. They were little more than halfway across the lake when Miss Catherine heard the loud roar of the engine. Then she saw the ugly black smoke. These are the facts. The Walker boat smashed into Sam's boat. Sam was shot and killed in the water. Catherine Barlow was rescued against her wishes. When they returned to the shore, she saw Mary Lou's body lying on the ground. The donkey had been shot in the head. That all happened 110 years ago. Since then, not one drop of rain has fallen on Green Lake. You make the decision, whom did God punish? Three days after Sam's death, 
Miss Catherine shot the sheriff while he was sitting in his chair drinking a cup of coffee. Then she carefully applied a fresh coat of red lipstick and gave him the kiss he had asked for. For the next 20 years, kissing Kate Barlow was one of the most feared outlaws in all the West. Chapter 27 Stanley dug his shovel into the ground. His hole was about three and a half feet deep in the center. He grunted as he pried up some dirt, then flung it off to the side. The sun was almost directly overhead. He glanced at his canteen lying beside his hole. He knew it was half full, but he didn't take a drink just yet. He had to drink sparingly because he didn't know who would be driving the water truck the next time it came. Three days had passed since the warden had scratched Mr. Sir. Every time Mr. Sir delivered water, he poured Stanley straight into the ground. Unfortunately, Mr. Pendansky delivered the water more often than Mr. Sir. Mr. Pendansky was obviously aware of what Mr. Sir was doing because he always gave Stanley a little extra. He'd fill Stanley's canteen, then let Stanley take a long drink, then top it off for him. It helped, too, that Zero was digging some of Stanley's hole for him. Although, as Stanley had expected, the other boys didn't like to see Stanley sitting around while they were working. They'd say things like, Who died and made you king? Or, Must be nice to have your own personal slave. When he tried pointing out that he was the one who took the blame for the sunflower seeds, the other boys said it was his fault because he was the one who spilled them. I risked my life for those seeds, Magnet had said, and all I got was one lousy handful. Stanley had also tried to explain that he needed to save his energy so he could teach Zero how to read, but the other boy just mocked him. Same old story, ain't it, Armpit, X-Ray had said. The white boy sits around while the black boy does all the work. Ain't that right, caveman? No, that's not right, Stanley replied. No, it ain't, X-Ray agreed. It ain't right at all. Stanley dug out another shovel full of dirt. He knew X-Ray wouldn't have been talking like that if he was the one teaching Zero to read. Then X-Ray would be talking about how important it was that he got his rest, right? So he could be a better teacher, right? And that was true. He did need to save strength so he could be a better teacher, although Zero was a quick learner. Sometimes, in fact, Stanley hoped the warden was watching them with her secret cameras and microphones so she'd know that Zero wasn't as stupid as everyone thought. From across the lake, he could see the approaching dust cloud. He took a drink from his canteen, then waited to see who was driving the truck. The swelling on Mr. Sir's face had gone down, but it was still a little puffy. There had been three scratch marks down his cheek. Two of the marks had faded, but the middle scratch must have been the deepest because it still remained. It was a jagged purple line running from below his eye to below the mouth like a tattoo of a scar. Stanley waited in line, then handed him his canteen. Mr. Sir held it up to his ear and shook it. He smiled at the swishing sound. Stanley hoped he wouldn't dump it out. To his surprise, Mr. Sir had the canteen under the stream of water and filled it. Wait here, he said. Still holding Stanley's canteen, Mr. Sir walked past him and went around the side of the truck and into the cab where he couldn't be seen. What's he doing in there? asked Zero. I wish I knew, said Stanley. A short while later, Mr. Sir came out of the truck and handed Stanley his canteen. It was still full. Thank you, Mr. Sir. Mr. Sir smiled at him. What are you waiting for? he asked. Drink up. He popped some sunflower seeds into his mouth, chewed, and spit out the shells. Stanley was afraid to drink it. He hated to think what kind of vile substance Mr. Sir might have put in it. He brought the canteen back to his hole. For a long time, he left it beside his hole as he continued to dig. Then, when he was so thirsty he could hardly stand it anymore, he unscrewed the cap, turned the canteen over, and poured it all out onto the dirt. He was afraid that if he'd waited another second, he might have taken a drink. 
After Stanley taught Zero the final six letters of the alphabet, he taught him to write his name. Capital Z-E-R-O. Zero wrote the letters as Stanley said them. Zero, he said, looking at his piece of paper. His smile was too big for his face. Stanley watched him write it over and over again. Zero, 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 zero. In a way, it made him feel sad. It made him sad. He couldn't help but think that a hundred times zero was still nothing. You know, that's not my real name, Zero said, as they headed to the rec room for dinner. Well, yeah, Stanley said. I guess I knew that. He had never really been sure. Everyone always calls me Zero, even before I came here. Oh, okay. My real name is Hector. Hector, Stanley repeated. Hector Zeroni.